Y'all, I am living my best line of three life right now, and I'm saying that a bit tongue-in-cheek because if you're not super familiar with human design yet, of course, I encourage you to explore it. I'm happy to help you do so. But having a line three in your profile, in my profile, means that I only learn through trial and error. So a lot of line threes are people who have a lot of like started projects and then they learned a lesson and then they pivoted. They also are someone who will often like take an action and then realize, oh, I didn't follow my gut on that or I needed to learn a lesson. Now, specifically, this is all coming together. I am learning a lesson around what it feels like to make a hire in my business, to hire a freelancer, to hire a virtual assistant, to hire an online business manager, to have a hire to think about starting to outsource a project in my online business and having it go horribly wrong to remind me why I'm actually doing what I'm doing, which is starting to lay the foundations for launching a marketing agency. So today I'm gonna to talk a little bit about the big error that I just made, the lessons that I am exploring for myself and really trying to see the silver lining because this literally just happened like within the past two hours. And I'm gonna give you a little sneak peek, like a little behind the scenes of why I'm taking some of my time and talent and energy and actually starting to create an agency. I'm also going to start an open loop, a conversation about some of the things you would like to see. I would love to get your feedback if you have ever thought about hiring, if you've ever been like, hey, you know, I would love for somebody to help me with my fill in the blank, YouTube channel, Pinterest account, email marketing, funnel design, running the back end. Like these are a lot of things that most coaches and healers don't love doing, right? And so if you've ever thought about outsourcing some of that and are, it, it just brings up a lot of emotions of like, how do I know if I'm hiring someone who's actually going to do what they say, if I'm going to see results, if I'm going to get a return on investment for the money I'm putting out, I'm hoping my business will grow, bring in more clients and I'll see like a happy uptick in what I'm doing, right? And the clients coming into my business because of this, this investment, even if it's not like an overnight change, of course, that's when you're hiring in your business, that's what you're desiring. So first, I'm going to tell you a little quick and dirty of what just happened. So in the back of my mind, I know that I'm going to be launching a marketing agency, and there's a couple strategies that I have been really wanting to put into place around my own marketing that I know I'm going to have to outsource. And I have a couple people Kind of in my sphere that I was like, okay, they could help me with this. And I happened to go with one that did not end up being a good hire. And here's where this lesson is coming from. So one of the strategies that I want to do, especially as I'm stepping into more running an agency, I know that having more of an evergreen funnel is going to be really beneficial for me. I don't want to be someone who's posting 24-7 online on social media till the end of time. I'm okay laying some really good solid foundations. I also really do a lot of work around like repurposing and thinking about the whole ecosystem of how marketing works, right? And so I have had the vision, and now that I have the agency launching, it just makes more sense. I've had the vision of launching a YouTube channel. I did that about a month and a half ago. I have right now like 46 whopping amazing followers, subscribers, and I'm starting to see a little bit of an uptick and just a clear like, okay, I see how this works. I'm not amazing at it yet, but I see that if I stay consistent with this five years from now, when I look back, there is no way I'm going to regret having started this YouTube channel and staying consistent. I see where it's going. So my long-term vision has been to have a YouTube channel 
then to take each of those YouTube videos and turn them into a blog post on my website. And then to back up one more step to have pins, Pinterest pins, driving traffic to that blog post. And then within the blog post and within the YouTube descriptions to be promoting a freebie or to be promoting a paid service or to be promoting like cross-pollinating to the things that I want to drive traffic to. So this is something that I've been wanting to do for about a year. Honestly, if I really go back, one of the very first business books I bought when I was first launching an online business, it was a podcast and a coaching business specifically for new lawyers. It was like a career coaching. That was one of the first niches that I started. It was called Happy Go Legal, if you've never heard me talk about it. One of the first books that I bought when I launched Happy Go Legal was a Pinterest book. And Pinterest had literally just come out as something that people were using beyond just cooking inspiration and fashion inspiration, like podcasts and things were starting to show up on there. And I was like, man, this would be a great opportunity. I never got consistent with pinning there. I never was solid enough on my offerings. And let's be honest, I was working 60, 70, 80 hours a week as a lawyer at the time. And so I just never really got that strategy off the ground for that business. Every kind of nuanced niche and version of what I've done since then, it's been kind of the epitome of where I want to get to because YouTube, I believe, something that you'll never look back and regret having started. I just think you get better at it. I think it helps to really become a top of funnel or somewhere that people are searching for topics. Search um, YouTube is absolutely a search engine. And then if you're using kind of keyword strategy and strategy around the boards that you're or sorry, the playlist that you're creating on YouTube, and then to back up and have that be like kind of matching categories of your blog. And in the blog, you can be doing more keyword rich, you know, long tail words um, or long tails of like, instead of just healer, you can have um, energy healer working with empaths. I don't know if that happens to be something that's highly sought after or a high keyword, but just for example, then you can have like longer sentences of what someone might be typing in. You can do some research around that. And then if you back up and say, okay, Pinterest is also a search engine. So now you're hitting with like really creating that one YouTube video. You're creating three platforms that are much more search engine than they are social media. And then as a creator, I could take that uh, YouTube video or that blog and then like just sprinkle out small pieces, whether I would use artificial intelligence, you know, like chat GPT or whether just as a real life human being, I'd be like, oh, this was the script that I just used for the YouTube video. I could go create 10 TikToks out of that just by like saying them out loud, like doing them, right? By having the strategy and the topics already made because I made that longer script. I hope this is making sense. This is like a flow that I've been working on. And now that I'm so clear about the offerings that I have, I have my intuitive business community, which is my monthly membership where I serve coaches, healers, and helpers who are on the path to laying the foundation for their $5,000 consistent months, right? Like that's where most of those members want to be getting to. So you're in your first one, zero, maybe zero to five years in business, wanting to hit that anchored in 5K month, knowing where that money is coming from, having a solid foundation, and wanting to do it in the most aligned path forward without bro marketing or sleazy sales, like being in that community, attending the monthly strategy training, the Q&A calls, having access to the course portal that goes with it. Like that's one offering I can really get behind long-term. So excited about it. The second offering, and I'll kind of like give you a little bit 
about what's going to be happening and then come back to the story. So um, the other offering that I'm really excited about is shifting into actually launching an agency. I don't know if I'm going to use the term agency. I kind of gravitate towards the term collective, but I do want to be clear over clever. So I'm not quite sure on the name yet, but I'm going to be launching a marketing agency where you will have vetted virtual assistants and funnel builders and social media experts that coming to the agency, we will be able to then place you into certain packages or tiers of services. I'm going to be working to make it highly accessible um, to access really great like dream team level virtual assistants. Why? Let's circle back to the actual story. Why is this all coming up right now? Because, because I'm preparing to launch the agency, we'll just call it agency for now, I have been really open to looking at what are some things that I could outsource on like a small project basis to people who are in my network already to see if they would be a good fit to be one of the experts, one of the freelancers that I bring into this agency. And so one woman had been talking to me about taking over some Pinterest strategy and and just she did a really affordable like $65 investment to get your Pinterest account like set up and all your boards and keywords and get a little bit of training on how to do it. She was really clear she didn't want to do like long-term management of the account, but I was like, you know what? Having a Pinterest setup package for my clients within the agency could be cool, even if it's not like, hey, I'm going to manage and create the pins for you ongoing. So let me go through this experience and see what comes of it. And so I spent the $65. We did a little bit of an onboarding call. I'm going to be honest, I immediately had some red flags in my gut being like, hmm, I'm not quite sure. She's not speaking about Pinterest the same way that I've heard other experts speaking about Pinterest. However, I'm going to just like let this unfold. This is a pretty low risk situation. $65 either spent well or not spent well, and that's okay. What I did not expect is that I woke up this morning to an email from Pinterest saying that my account has been entirely deactivated. It has disappeared. I can I go to log into Pinterest. Nope, sorry, that does not exist anymore. <laughs> the only thing that I'm told from that email is that community guidelines were broken. When I speak to her, she says all she was doing was changing the claimed website because we were going to use the strategy of right now I don't have my blog up and running yet, but I do have my YouTube channel. So she was claiming my YouTube channel as the website that we would be driving traffic to until my blog is up and running soon. Long story short, that's a bummer. I had paid someone years ago to uh, run my Pinterest account and had followers and had traffic and had, you know, not a huge amount, but I had like the base of what it can take a while to create on Pinterest. And I had debated with this new strategy and the new kind of version of what I'm offering, hey, should I start completely over with a new account? Or should I try to like revamp and get consistency with the existing account? And maybe some of those people who followed me in the past would be interested in following me going forward for the new topic. You know, maybe this is like silver tree or silver lining a decision tree right now is just like the universe is making the decision for me to start over from scratch, perhaps, because then the interaction with this woman just was basically like, hey, yeah. I haven't been staying as up to date on Pinterest as I should, maybe. I wasn't sure if I wanted to get back into Pinterest management. And I'm sorry this happened. I'll refund you. And so I'm like, okay, but I mean, where's my account? <laughs> so now I'm in the process of just going through an appeals with Pinterest and then scheduling a call with the woman who I know I should have 
hired in the first place, but for whatever reason, I'm going through this journey. Thank you to my line three. Thank you to, I'm really just trying to trust that the universe has my back in this situation. The silver lining that is very clear to me is that I am putting myself into a situation right now where I'm having deep regrets about a fairly low ticket investment that could have an impact on my business, you know? And I, I know that this is happening to remind me of how challenging it is to find someone that you trust to outsource to, to take over a small piece of your business because things like this can happen. And so now I'm deeply thankful that I only, you know, gave her kind of password access to my Pinterest account and that she wasn't a virtual assistant that I had just onboarded to take over my email marketing or my website or things that maybe she would have had password access um, to multiple things. And now I would be like, ah, you know, what else did she mess up or whatever, right? And I'm not here to like throw this woman out of the bus. I have no beef. It's just, it is what it is. But this is the lesson because as I launched this marketing agency, there's a small part of me that was like, why would someone hire me and my agency instead of just going onto Fiverr or just going onto Upwork and finding a VA who could do this a little bit cheaper than I will be able to do with the overhead of running an agency? And so like, why would someone come to me? And what's been really interesting to me is just the lessons that are coming through from my experience of having a poor hire is helping to deepen my conviction for stepping into this leadership role of running an agency like this. And it made me remember, you know, sometimes you just forget things and then you remember things because of an experience It made me remember that I actually, in my legal career, we're going to do just a little bit of a back jog. In my legal career, I worked at four law firms. When I first graduated from law school, I was recruited to one of the top firms in Maine, in Portland, Maine at the time. And I was recruited right out of law school. I'd worked there during my summers and then took an associate position. And I worked there for a couple of years. From there, I wanted to do a little bit more like working with real small businesses and found that pricing, even at a big firm, they were like encouraging me to bring on small business owners, but it was very challenging to kind of meet the needs of what the firm wanted me to do and what I knew um, was best for my clients if they were a small business and that was the clientele I was really attracting and marketing to. And so I went to a smaller law firm that was um, just a couple partners. I was the first associate in their office. And so I had a lot more ability to like set flat fee packages and, you know, kind of be in control of how I was marketing to and selling my services. And I really enjoyed that. But then um, I was married at the time to my first husband and he took a job with a nonprofit and the nonprofit uh, pay was not enough to contribute to our family in a meaningful way. And so I really needed to be making more quickly. And so I actually was recruited to a different law firm in Portland, Maine, and they gave me a really great signing bonus and a great salary. And it was like, okay, I need to do this for my family for the current time being. Then, not actually that long after going there, my then, my now ex-husband, my then husband, decided he wanted to get back into actually the practice of law. And we decided to start a law firm together. And that he would start it kind of before I left my job job, my salaried job, get things rolling, and then I would be able to like move in, move all of my clients that wanted to come with me into it. And so that was nice. As we started the law firm, I kind of had an injection of clients who would follow me and people who I enjoyed working with. And that was like a really great base for us to then continue to grow this like sole, you know, not solo practice because there was two of us as lawyers, me and my ex-husband. 
but kind of like to get things going, okay? All of this to say, the time that I enjoyed practicing law the most was when we were running that firm together. And I think I loved it because there was, yes, the practice of law, the doing, the application of my knowledge and my expertise and skills, but there was also other things that I really enjoy. I really enjoy hiring when we needed to hire an assistant, when we hired an associate, when I needed to set up systems for managing all of our documents, when I needed to uh, create a trademark docketing system and create all of the templates for our trademark process and for our annual report process. Like I like creating systems and especially if it's kind of in-house within a business that I'm running and my name is a part of, it just gets me excited to be like, okay, we can be running this leaner and more simply. And so I really enjoyed that period of time when I was not only providing the service of practicing law, but also helping to grow something bigger than me was really exciting. And it was just as rewarding to me once we had an associate who I was training in trademark law. It was just as exciting to me if a client reached out and told me how amazing Andrew was and, you know, like what a great experience they had with him as it was if they reached out and told that to me because it was like, yes, we are creating something. We're cohesive. We're on brand. We're offering good services. Even if it wasn't me like touching it, doing it, it was really rewarding and I enjoyed it. So as I step into being like, hey, am I going to do this thing? Am I going to launch a marketing agency? Is there a need? Why wouldn't people just go hire someone on Fiverr? I realize not everybody has the skill set of being able to vet and properly train and oversee and project manage someone else doing work for them. Now, contrary to you know this story that I've just told about this Pinterest manager, Pinterest setup package that went awry, in my history of hiring virtual assistants, I've had a great run. I often have amazing people who come in to work with me. They're very trainable. They're very coachable. They're very eager. They see my vision. They're great at jumping into the project management systems that I have. I train them. I use Loom. I like pour into these people and they end up loving working with me. And we have like longer relationships than maybe some of their clients that are more kind of like churn and burn. And so all of this is kind of swirling around to me then being like, okay, I've been doing market research for the past couple of weeks on other virtual assistant agencies, marketing agencies, and I see right off four specific ways that I truly want to be different. And I'm sharing this with you. Maybe you're just interested about the whole journey. Maybe you're someone who like is kind of chomping at the bit to learn about what it's going to look like to outsource some of your business to me and to my team. But these are the four differentiators that I'm working on. And I wanna make sure that they're highlighted in my messaging for the agency as it comes out. And honestly, I'm curious which one of these resonates with you the most. So if you listen to this whole episode and I'll name them one, two, three, four, if you want to find me on Instagram, come DM me on Instagram at Intuitive Business Mentor or over on TikTok. Um, I would say come follow me on Pinterest, but right now it doesn't exist, right? Tongue in cheek. But I'm going to tell you four differentiating factors that I, I really want to take a stand for as I step into the energy and lay the foundation for this new kind of arm of my business. So differentiating factor number one is that I will be infusing strategy and careful oversight as well as be part of the team that you hire. So what I'm realizing through my market research is lots of agencies are run by people who are really just interested in managing a team and creating a completely passive business for themselves. 
Now, if you know me well, you know I'm here to roll up my sleeves and really help healers and coaches to reach your potential, but to do it together, more of a co-creation. And so my packages are gonna be designed to account for my time being included so that you get to tap into whether it's a, a bigger package and we're having strategy calls or you know, a shorter package and I'm do, reviewing the questionnaire and helping to make sure the right person is assigned to your work, like actually touching and pricing so that I can include my time and high quality team members' times without gouging prices, without being the top shelf investment of agencies. Differentiator number two is that your team members will be vetted, trained, and paid appropriately. I honestly see a lot of agencies out there who scale quickly by taking on a bazillion clients at a time. They probably do so by a funnel of Facebook ads to sales calls with booking agents they've trained and you never actually talk to the owner of the agency, right? And so they often outsource to people who are willing to charge only $3, $4, $5 an hour and have those people just pump out stuff fast without a deep connection to the client's work or message or long-term vision. That is a model and it does work within the agency model, but I'm gonna be honest, I believe in paying human beings livable wages regardless of where they live. I am not, if you hire my agency down the road, I will not be charging someone $4 an hour so that my profit can be higher. That's just not who I am. I will not pay people shit just so that I can do better. And I think that's going to be a really common mm, feeling of clients who come to this agency. If I can price things appropriately so that they can be taken care of and my agency can be taken care of, I can be taken care of, my clients can be taken care of. Yes, maybe that takes a little bit more forethought. And I'm willing to take a stand for that in this, in this industry. Differentiator number three is that I will allow for co-creation of strategies and blending your vision with the plans that we have because all the messaging I'm seeing from agencies is basically, it's my way or the highway. You hire me and you use my proven funnel. You hire me and here's the templates we're gonna use. And I'm like, yeah, cool. I want you to buy into the plan and the vision and the offers and the packages that we've created within the agency, but you know what? I also want you to tell me what your plan and your vision of the offers is and what messaging and copy has worked for you. And I just think there's a room in a partnership like that where a marketing team is marketing you, especially as a coach or a healer. You don't want it to feel like a disconnect. You don't want it to feel inauthentic. You don't want to look at this beautiful funnel that someone created and be like, I hate jumping green buttons. Yeah, maybe it's going to help convert better, but I don't like it. I want you to be able to say something like that. And P.S. I will not be doing bright green jumping buttons. But I think there's room to allow you to be a sovereign co-creator through a really great onboarding process, allowing you to edit drafts and having a great approval process, all of which I'm working on as I lay the foundation for how my clients will work with the agency. Now, differentiator number four is that I'm committed to transparent pricing. You deserve to know what you're signing up for even before we get on a sales call. Let's be honest, it's awkward. When you get on a call thinking that maybe your budget would be $200 for something, and then you find out on the call that it's like $1,300, like that's so awkward. It does not feel good to your nervous system. The person who's running that sales call does not feel good at the end of it. And so like when I was running a law firm, we beat out competition by having a transparent flat fee or package-based budgets or capped retainers. And those may not make sense to you. You may not have the knowledge of what those mean, but in the legal world, it does not feel good to email your lawyer a question and be like, 
oh gosh, he's probably taking 20 minutes to reply to this. I'm going to get a bill for $80. And that's what happens in the legal world. Whereas if you think about it in that way, we had a flat fee for setting up your LLC or setting up a trademark application. And we had capped retainers of saying, you get my team up to 10 hours a month for X amount. If we're going to be going over, we're going to communicate with you and see if we need to adjust the scope or the budget or the timeline. And I actually had a whole talk around legal pricing. And those were the three things that I talked about. Like you can, if you can control one of these three, which is most important to you, you need to control the budget, AKA we cannot go over this amount of time. Cool. I need to know that timeline. If your timeline is tomorrow, the budget might need to increase, right? And scope. If the scope has to include all of this for it to be a successful project, cool, but we might need to increase the budget or make it a longer time. So those three are kind of like an elastic and you can only pull one so far. And so my thought as I step into this is that I don't see any prices on agency websites until you get on a call. And I prefer transparency, even if it requires a little extra legwork on my end to track profit margins and make sure I'm pricing sustainably so that I can be paying my team and making sure everything can continue to grow. So these are some of the things. So that was one, two, three, and four. One was making sure that... Um, I am actually a part of the team that you're accessing and paying. Differentiator two was that your team members are going to be vetted, trained, and paid appropriately. Number three was that I will allow for co-creation of strategies. And number four was that I'm committed to transparent pricing. If you're listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, one of those should be like number one top. That's exactly why I have not hired someone to help me in marketing before. If there's just something that resonated with you, please come message me over on Instagram is honestly the best DM platform, let's just be honest. Um, come DM me on Instagram at Intuitive Business Mentor and let me know what would be most compelling. This is not me pitching you on this podcast. I'm not saying, oh my gosh, if you DM me, you have to buy a package when we launch, nothing like that. I just am looking for feedback from the overall collective about what is attractive and what is not attractive about starting to think about hiring someone to help you in your business. Hopefully, my experience of having this interaction with the Pinterest person and immediately, of course, I sent out an email about what happened to my overall list. And the person who I was like, if I ever do Pinterest, I should hire her is on my list. And I've done a collaboration with her before. She has come in to speak to my mastermind before. And I typically always, if I'm going to personally hire, I typically always hire the person I've brought in on a guest topic in a mastermind or in a co-training and for some reason, this just like kind of unfolded quickly. I didn't reach out to her. This other young woman was just like, oh, sure, I'd be happy to help you with this. I didn't follow my gut when there was some red flags and I'm paying the price. And we'll see how that unfolds. If I get my Pinterest account back or if I don't, what the appeals process is like, I'm not sure. Maybe I'll be starting completely over fresh with zero followers and be able to have someone who's really vetted. Now, P.S., I'm going to try to negotiate with this young woman, the expert who I should have gone with and will be going with to see if she might be looking to take on clients so that if you come to my agency down the road, I'm going to make sure you have the best of the best, um, especially around Pinterest account setup and management, because that's where this conversation is stemming from. So I hope that you got a lot out of this. Of course, if you're listening to this, I Assume that you may be a coach, a healer, a helper, a speaker, an author, a podcaster, someone who cares deeply about your work. You want to earn a living doing what you love. And 
hopefully between my intuitive business community where we have a monthly membership where we can interact answer questions guide you to courses and modules to help fill the skills or knowledge gap or to work on more of the energetic side in the q a and in the community would be honored to help you learn more about that and if you know that you are going to want to outsource have something off of your plate as a business owner and you've been waiting for the right connection or person to come into your field that you would feel comfortable with i truly hope that you subscribe to this podcast come follow me on social media make sure to sign up for something um, you know, to join my email list because you'll certainly be able to hear about what's happening the quickest through either social media following or jumping onto my email list. So I hope that you subscribe to this podcast and enjoy the fact that it is unedited, one long stream of com consciousness, no jingles anymore. Right now, it's just like you and me, biz bestie, me telling you what happened, talking through stories, sharing lessons, sharing resources and collaborating to help you be at your highest and best in the work that you do. Talk to you soon.